Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. So Michael, you might be wondering, what is this glass of water and Ryan Reynolds have in common? <laughs> I, I will be honest, uh, I was not, but I am now. You are now, see? I, I planted, I'm very much so now. I planted the seed. Uh, <laughs> so this, uh, this glass of water, uh, there's nothing particularly special about it, except it's been soaking in kind of, it, like, it's like an iced tea making pitcher where you put your, your loose leaf tea in and then just let it soak kind of like sun tea style and it just diffuses out and it, it makes tea. Uh, but in this case, I just bought a bunch of fresh mint leaves. And I put them in the diffuser, and I made mint water. And uh, as you may aware, may aware, as you may aware, uh, may aware be, uh, may aware be all the time. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is, of course, the the owner of Mint Mobile. Yeah, and uh, you know I love experimenting with things, especially when uh, when one part of my life goes horribly awry. I, I sometimes knee jerk reaction and just like change everything. Uh, so <laughs> as uh, Google announced Stadia shutting down and the you know the the Pixelbook division shutting down and all the uncertainty around all of their consumer products and services, I said, "Well, what about my phone plan that's on Fi? I should sign up for Mint," <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, now Ryan Reynolds has a direct connection to uh, Night Shift Radio. I, you know what? <laughs> I mean, I think that is that is the only like <laughs> that's that's where that should lead. Like that's that's the uh, direct uh, leader. That's like we, Ryan Reynolds now has a part of is part of. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds uh, is Night part Shift of Radio. Night Shift Radio, Night Shift Media Group, uh, and this is the the official podcast network of Ryan Reynolds. He just doesn't know it yet. He just doesn't know it yet. So, uh, yeah, so all you listeners out there, thanks for subscribing to the official Ryan Reynolds uh, podcast network, uh, sponsored by Mint Mobile and uh, Aviation Gin and Deadpool 3 yes. coming to theaters in 2024. Featuring Hugh Jackman. Featuring Hugh Jackman. <laughs> That, I mean, this is the only conclusion, really, you can come to, it's, and it makes perfect sense. I figure my logic is is typically flawless, uh, and this is no no exception. Notably, notably so. <laughs> my, my logic is notably flawless. <laughs> uh, but, I, I like where this is going. Yeah, I mean, that's all I had, though. <laughs> but that's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I no, I, I completely back this. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, we're we're doing found footage films this whole month, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna link this. All right. I feel like Deadpool three would be a really funny found footage film. Ooh, that oh, was funny that was alliteration. Funny found footage. Funny found footage. Film. Funny, 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 footage footage, funny, funny <laughs> <laughs> Say funny five footage film five times. I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I just can't. I can't say it twice. I just I just tried. Uh. But I mean, how funny would that be to to have it just be a whole bunch of videos of like huge, you know, of like Wolverine and Deadpool on a uh, road trip, but it's all like you know found footage style. That would actually be amazing. I would I would love that, and I feel like I I mean you can't really put it past Ryan Reynolds to do something like that. 
Sure. Uh, especially because yeah. we know he listens to this podcast, uh, being a part of the network and all. So Right. Like, I mean, it's only polite that you listen to your own shows. If, yeah. if it wasn't already the plan, like, you know, he's going to scrap the entire thing, like, and start over now, and that's what it's going to become. Yeah. You know, Ryan, we're so close being business partners. Um, so, you know, you're welcome for the idea. You've, you've got two years. Like, the, mo- the movie doesn't come out for two years as of, like, three days ago or a week ago. So, like... This is fine. Yeah. Like, you, you've got tons that of time. That is plenty of time. And you, yeah. you can, like, you, like, you can, you can, like, go low, low budget for the found footage. Time. Totally. Like, I yeah. feel like Deadpool would totally just be, like, assing around with a fucking Sony Handycam. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, just jank-ass, like, 2000 cell phone footage. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, the, the camera that looks like the, the, like like the musical instrument because the thing sticks up, yeah. you know, like the viewfinder sticks up all weird <laughs> yep. and then it's the big square and then the yep. lens. Yeah, that exact camera <laughs> is exactly what Deadpool 3 uh uh, should be should be shot on ryan i mean you're welcome to join caleb and i's weekly writing sessions yeah, yeah, come on yeah. in uh you know we'll help well, you power through this we got all sorts of ideas like this and that like that's the way that you introduce existing characters into the mcu as that like uh fucking i don't know hawkeye stumbles across a, a video like on his farm or something like that <laughs> he, he digs well, up a vhs while he's oh no oh god i almost took it really dark Oh. <laughs> oh, while he's digging for his kids, <laughs> while he's Jeez. looking for his family. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, they're back now, they're but back. <laughs> yeah, I, it would also be funny if if the movie was them uh, going around and like looking for all of the different like you know finding mutants, like road tripping to find other comic book characters and like interview style them. And it's total just found footage of them like doing like the Xavier thing, going around and collecting the X Men. Just going around <laughs> and collecting the X Men, but just interviewing of all you know uh, style. Uh, much like uh, what we discovered happened in our movie today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I am your host, Michael Fight. And I'm Sabrina the Teenage Buckets. Because <laughs> it's October, so it's spooky season. Oh, right. And witchy. Yeah. <laughs> witchy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, speaking of witchy, so we're doing all found footage films uh, this month, curated by the Super Pod Hero cast host, Casey Ryan, Which, uh, who made this list for us. Very exciting. I, I asked him today, because uh, we know that uh, Troll Hunter was just kind of, it was fun. It, like, there was there was some kind of horror elements, but it wasn't really a scary movie. Sure. Uh, and he told us that we had to watch the movies in a specific order because they ramp up. So I... Uh, Channeling my best Negan, I asked him, at what point this month do I need to get out my shit and pants? <laughs> Your brown pants. That's another Ryan Reynolds reference. And there you go, uh, apparently, apparently next week is when, next when week the is shit the and pants need to come out. Uh, so uh, I went into this a, a little bit a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. I, you know what? This movie should have been renamed. So the, the name of the movie that we're covering is called Lake Mungo. Mm-hmm. It is currently streaming on Tubi TV. Uh, but I'll be honest... I think this movie should have been renamed, but actually, oh. Um, oh. because it felt like every time they introduced a plot point, they were like, but actually, <laughs> it's this. And then they would explain that plot point and be like, but actually, but actually. it was this <laughs> for like two hours. I think this was, it was a really, really fascinating take. So like traditionally found footage is just that, like someone finds the tapes or like the tapes have been released and like this is like this is the true footage that was on them nothing was altered and like we don't know what happened to the people blah 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 uh, but this was definitely done documentary style or mockumentary style uh but i got to say like i think on the whole they did a really good job of presenting it as though it was a true documentary yeah it definitely felt like uh you know, aside from, I mean, my, this isn't a complaint. This is my, um, just, just observation. You could tell that the people they were interviewing were actors Mm -hmm. because it felt like they were acting. It didn't feel like they were interviewing real people and that, you know what though, but like, that's kind of what you want. You don't, you wouldn't want it to feel awkward like a real person because that's not fun to watch. Right. You know, the documentaries are good because they're scripted out parts and you have experts in their field, you know, who talk, but when they interview the regular people, you're just like, Oh my God, shut up. You know, like they're just, they're terrible because people are awkward. They don't know how to, you know, have that sort of fluid, 
did speak and you you end up with a whole bunch of ums and ahs and spaces and that's where they added all that together yep you know and that that's why like you want actors in this sort of scenario especially in the found footage films you know you want people to feel you want it to feel fluid but also still a little real well it's like what we talked about last week where in a lot of the found footage films uh, it doesn't feel scripted because it it almost feels like they've got like really good actors who just were given cues and let run free. So you get a little bit of what feels natural, but like is obviously still somewhat scripted. Yeah. I mean, Blair Witch, you know, we talked about this last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blair Witch is a really great example of, you know, I will be honest. I think Blair Witch was a fluke. Um, I think that that movie was good you know the Blair Witch was a good movie it scared the shit out of everybody you know uh and I think it was just one of those where like everything just worked out exactly and that's why it blew up to become so popular out of a fluke though because we know this because there are hundreds of found footage films like uh the one we did paranormal uh, attachment or whatever the hell that whatever one that was it was so bad which was so bad but that's you know that was the same formula as paranormal activity like you had uh, a film like paranormal activity like right there like blair witch right there with everything just fell into place though mm-hmm. uh and that's where i think the difference is, is i think i think they just really lucked out with good acting you know they had really good direction they knew what they were going to do and they went into it and that's why it feels natural natural yeah. that's why blair witch of all movies feels real it's like it really feels like those people are doing it of all of the found footage movies that i've seen which admittedly isn't a ton but it's it's more than a handful it's it's enough to have an opinion uh it is the realest feeling still to totally. this day it it still holds up and i think a good part of why it holds up is because the film quality was such garbage to begin with that you're yeah. not looking at it like oh like these effects are all oh, like this film looks really dated or whatnot like of course it does because it's supposed to yeah 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 and it's a, you know you're not you're not focused on like great shots or like how they set up the lights or anything. you know i that's what i find like um i recently went and saw the movie pearl okay. uh in theaters uh, uh two weeks ago and obviously Pearl's not a found footage film but i spent the majority of that movie like being like oh my god what a beautiful mm-hmm, shot like mm-hmm. holy crap like look at the lighting on this look at the you know the costume design the color scheme like you you take so much more in from the movie but in a found footage film you almost excuse all of that stuff. Like I never look at what the house looks like or what the people are dressed like, what the shot is like. All of that stuff doesn't matter. It strictly comes down to the content, you know? Exactly. I I find myself doing that all the time. And like this, this movie is another good example because uh, whether it be just an artifact of the time period, because this movie was released in 2008, but it's set more like 2005 to 2007 ish. uh, Or if it was a conscious choice, the film quality is absolute garbage. Like this is the oh, worst totally. of the worst of like home movie quality, including some that was, like it was obviously like really dated uh, film, like, like kind of like traditional reel to reel type tape uh, versus like a you know a, a more modern camcorder, uh, yeah. and that lends itself really well because there's a lot of times where they're like you know if you look closely in this image you see the thing and you're like okay but do I. But do I? I don't don't know what I'm seeing. And like that, that lends itself really well to this type of storytelling. Yeah, you know, I uh, I accidentally well I, I do this often, but I accidentally saw a fact on IMDb um, about the crazy credits where it talks about it goes mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. through the film and shows you all the instances in which you see the person in the background. Well, I saw that before I saw the movie, so I spent my time looking for that stuff i was same. like oh well, i mean it, it also set up that way but same and like I, I i also do that a lot now in paranormal uh type movies and tv specifically because of the example i've brought up so many times how hill house did that yeah. where like the entire thing was just a steady creep of subconscious dread where you don't realize that you are seeing dozens of ghosts in the background and so i go into something like this like okay it's a haunting ostensibly so there's going to be ghosts which means like they're either going to lean into like jump scare moments which they didn't um i can i can put that right out there like they really didn't rely on jump scare for this which i i really appreciated or like maybe they're going to rely on like just that that creeping sense of dread so i was looking anywhere and everywhere and they did a good enough job of distracting you with the things that they wanted you to look at 
that like I'd have to go back and rewatch to see if the the scenes that they show us at the end were edited to make it be like, oh, but this is what you missed, or if like I actually did miss it because it was that good. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, you know, there there is there is moments in this film though that I I went through like a wave of emotions with it because I started off being like, okay. And then I was like, what? That's stupid. And then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. but we're bringing it back this way. And then I was like, well, that's kind of stupid. Uh, or maybe not so stupid, but kind of frustrating. This film, and, and I brought this up of why I think this movie should be called, but actually, <laughs> is because it sets you up for, for an answer, right? Yeah. So the, the beginning of the movie, you know, uh, daughter uh, drowns, right, in, in a lake. Yep. The family's on vacation. It's mom, dad, uh, old, uh, younger son, older son, um, uh, roughly the, the same. Age. Yeah, they're pretty close in age. They're both roughly like teenage kids. Yeah. Yep. So, and then 16-year-old daughter. Uh, daughter goes out. They all go out into the water uh, in this, uh, like, lake thing. She never comes back, right? And, you know, they find the body later. Mm-hmm. You know, daughter mm-hmm. died, and, and this is the the trauma of them kind of going through and it's like kind of solving what happened to Alice. It, right. Yeah. It makes it like a, an ongoing mystery, which I thought was a, a really interesting approach for this. Like not only combining the documentary and like pseudo found footage, style, although there is an element of actual found footage later, uh, which I thought was, was really clever of Casey. Um, but yeah, that documentary style combined with it being a mystery and they give you little teases of like, this is how the, the family discovered this thing, which led them to this, but really it was this. And then, oh, but also this, uh, just, it was layers on layers and it, it kept the mystery going. It felt like, I feel like there, there was, uh, there's some true crime enthusiasts, uh, behind this. Totally. I, the, the first like 30 minutes of this movie makes you think that there's nothing, supernatural parent you know paranormal mm-hmm. possibly normal uh-huh. uh there there is none of that like it, initially you don't really get any of that like it was a ghost <laughs> like the whole time like type deal like it, there's never it's just really like why did alice drown did she drown herself like what's the like what happened because there's no like the mystery is just like i mean this this plays out you know like you said like a true crime doc yeah. of like you know what happened to Alice well there's there's elements of the parents in disbelief thinking well like that couldn't possibly have been our daughter it didn't look like her like maybe i misidentified the body of the dead things and the mom you know really wants to exhume the body and like confirm that and they do they dig her up and they realize like like Dental records, everything definitively proved. Yes, this was Alice. Well, shit. Okay, so she's not still alive. She's not still out there. But like, like that, the house feels off. Like it feels like there's a presence here. Like we we keep we have dreams, or like we keep having visions. We see Alice in the house. So like, let's get uh, doors opening. There's yeah. you know like footsteps, those sort of things. Let's set up cameras, and like, sure enough, they capture like all like entirely too perfect evidence of like you know, full face apparition caught in a mirror or like a shadow figure walking through the hall and like, all right, well, they, like that proves that they, they've uncovered a haunting. So like, where does it go from here? Oh, it turns out the brother was faking it to try to help the mom's but case actually. of getting, <laughs> uh, getting the body exhumed. Uh, and like, this is, I think kind of the, the one place where <laughs> the one place this film doesn't feel realistic. <laughs> <laughs> the no. one place this ghost film doesn't go. <laughs> the, the the one place where I think they they kind of uh, drop the ball a little bit is that when you have that reveal of it's really Matthew the brother uh, who's doing all this stuff, um, the family is disappointed. No one's like, what the fuck, man? Why would you screw with our emotions like that? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, you need help. Like, it's just like, ah, oh, well. We didn't realize it was Matthew doing that, but I guess I guess we'll just move on with it. I mean, I don't know if that's just a very Australian attitude or what, because like, uh, all, like these are Crack real- a cold one, mate. <laughs> yeah, you really got us good, didn't you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he, he fucking you took the piss. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's British. Um, <laughs> but these are these are real places too. Ararat is actually a really kind of actually creepy looking little town in uh, New South Wales, or not New South Wales, in Victoria, kind of near Melbourne. Uh, and Lake Mungo is a real lake in uh, New South Wales. Oh, okay. Uh, so like, I just, like maybe that's just how they would have actually responded <laughs> to the situation. Extremely chill. They're just super <laughs> fucking chill. They're like, ah, oh, well, nothing you can do about that, then, eh? 
Right. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I agree. It, I mean, the other thing that made that weird is not necessarily just the family's reaction, but the fact that this was like a national news story. Yeah. Or at least a local news story, yeah. right? And it was a big deal, and they were talking about like what happened to Alice. Like they've been talking about it on the news. They're filming this clearly this documentary about it. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's just like, oh, it was the brother. Now, mind you, this only happens about 40 minutes into this two-hour film, mm -hmm. roughly two-hour film. So, like, this isn't the end of the movie. Like, this is like you're like the start of the movie. This is like act one, you know, like this is yeah. still very much in the beginning of the movie. So it's a weird, like they really pulled a rug out from you. And it's particularly wild how they come to this. Cause they, they keep kind of layering all of this different evidence or different like sightings and stuff like that. That's gathered over time. You have, you know, the, the experiences in the house and then they bring in Ray, the, the medium, and then they capture the, these footage. Uh, <clears throat> Talk about Ray. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, combine that with there was a, a man who took a photograph that looked like um, that might have been Alice by the lake. And um, Matthew, the brother, has been taking photographs around the house. And, like, you know, he, he sees uh, Alice in one of the pictures in the backyard. And, and then they find out that this couple was actually out filming on the lake the, guy, the day the guy took the photo. And they saw him in their footage. But then they also saw someone else who they thought, like, oh, is that who he was photographing? Like, did we capture Alice? But they realized, like, no, it's Matthew. And that's how Matthew, like, how they... In Alice's jacket. Yeah, that's how the game is up, is, like, Matthew gets found out being out on the lake in her clothes. He's the one in the photograph. And then he's like, yeah, well, I guess I should tell you about all the other stuff I faked, too. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that, that, like, totally caught me off guard. I didn't expect that. Because that is another one where, like, it, it, the the beginning of the movie starts to feel very true crime, and then and then you start getting the like, oh, Alice was in the background of that photo. They're hearing sounds in the house, and then all of a sudden they're like, just kidding. None of that is actually supernatural. Uh, Matthew faked all of it. The sounds in the house, you know, are just whatever. And okay, we're back to true crime now. Now we're back to true crime, and you're like. Oh, and they're like, but we're going to bring on this psychic Ray. Yes. But the thing about psychic Ray is that we never actually see him do anything psychic. No, no. He interviews people <laughs> and like kind of guides them through like almost like a meditation to like trying to recall certain instances or something like recall your dreams. Uh, and he gives advice. We see they do a, a seance once, but we don't actually see the seance happening. But uh, this is again where, like, you know, they've got the camera set up and like supposedly capture the, this amazing footage during the seance, only to find out that it was Matthew who faked it. But we learn that, like, Ray's not entirely honest here either because Ray actually had met with Alice like six months or so before her death. Which is also a weird thing because we spend like a good amount of time with Ray. With the mom, and the mom is like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm totally obsessed with Ray, but not, like, in a weird way, but, like, just in the way of, like, he's going to give me the answers I need. Yep. She does a bunch of interviews with him. She brings him over to the house for dinner. They have the seance. And then later he's like, okay, listen, so, by the way, <laughs> after it's been, like, weeks of them hanging out and doing this, he's like... I totally met with your daughter, and uh, this is the stuff she said to me. Might be relevant to this national case uh, that people have been investigating that I totally didn't bring up for like a year and a half, and I should have. I love his explanation. It's, it was weird. He's like, you know, like I, I thought about telling the family, but like that would have that would have breached you know Alice's Alice's trust, and so it was it really it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't sort of thing. I was like, I kind of think that like. Maybe you should have leaned more towards the damned if you don't and just told them. I just told them. Yeah, I feel like this is very pertinent information to the mystery of how Alice uh, potentially fucking offered, offered herself, <laughs> like, in a lake in front of her family. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I think this is very key information. <laughs> it, it was just very weird. But that was another one of those, like, but actually, but you actually. know, so that's, like, number two where it's, like, 
Ray really, you know, the seance thing when he was like, oh, Ray brought Alice back and I feel a, a entity, but it really wasn't the case because it was Matthew the whole time. And then it was, oh, but actually I knew Alice this whole time. And yeah, man, she seemed pretty depressed and was talking about like, you know, her mom being sad and leaving. She and, had all these dreams about like feeling like she was drowning. Oh, that, yeah. you didn't think that was pertinent? Uh, right. But actually... There was something in the footage, though, in the, the scene that, that uh, Matthew admits to, like, setting up a television with a, a video of her playing, like, at just the perfect angle for the mirror to catch, and he crops it all out and everything, and it's this, again, perfect face in the mirror of her moving and talking and whatnot. The, the mother's like, but I was looking at it again, and there was another figure, and they zoom in towards Alice's room. Like, there was a figure in Alice's room, and I thought... Maybe that's Alice. And they zoom in closer and are like, that's, that's not Alice. Who the fuck is that? Uh, she's like, but no, it was our neighbor, Mr. Tui. I'm like, what dun, the, dun, who is that? <laughs> what is that about? Why is he in a room? Is he dead? And the, Right. Like, so it turns out that Alice uh, was babysitting for the neighbor and ended up having a threesome with him and his wife. Went full and they videotaped mode. it. Yeah, full swinger mode, had a threesome with the wife, with the husband and the wife, videotaped it, but kept the videotape in a secret safe uh, in her wall, you know, as you do. As you do. And, uh, you know, her mom eventually did like. I don't like. I, I guess seeing the face in uh, in the footage made her just like go through and like tear apart Alice's room until she found the safe, and then she found the tape, and I'm like, oh, 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 Mama, stop watching oh. that, Mama, yeah. you don't want to watch that. You, you do not want to oh. watch that. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So it turns out that the creaks and the reason why the doors kept opening and stuff like that is because it was the neighbor sneaking into the house because he knew that the tape existed. So he was sneaking into the house to get the tape back because he didn't want that to go public because Alice is only 16, which I think in Australia must have been legal um, because they talked about it being consensual. Yeah, and illegal. Like, even if we, if like, because the, the Tuies, the whole family, like they sell the house and just fucking disappear. Uh, which I was like, okay, so are we going to find bodies? Like, is, was there right. like a revenge killing or something like that? But like, no, they just fucking disappear. Uh, and the cops are like, yeah, even if we do find them, we can't necessarily make the charges stick because the video seems to show it was consensual. And, you know, it, it, she's, yeah, she's not it, here you know, to say otherwise. Right. So they're like, well, actually the video, you know, the video pretty much, you know, says otherwise says like, well, it looks like it was consensual, you know, like, mm -hmm. so yeah. So that's like the third, but actually, uh, in this movie. And so you're like, okay, so now you're like 45% of the way through or 75% of the way through this movie. And you're like, so this is a true crime. Like, where is the supernatural at all? But then, <laughs> but wait, there's more. It turns out that Alice, so we, we see the video of Alice talking about, talking with Ray and being like, I feel like I'm drowning. Like I go into my room and there's nothing there. And I see my mom and she, she can't see me. And, you know, she looks so sad and then she just leaves and everything feels empty. And then uh, later the friends are like, Oh, so by the way, <laughs> before Alice uh, drowned in this lake, she was being really fucking weird and was like digging a hole in the middle of this uh, trench by the lake and uh, was acting really weird. And yeah, we just didn't think it was relevant. Um, oh, by the way, you know, she lost her phone. Wink, wink. Yeah. And so, so they go and dig up the phone. Here's some jank ass cell phone footage we took from our trip to Lake Mungo. There's the, there's the title. Uh, uh, where like everyone was having a great time except you can like if you really squint hard and zoom in you can see what looks like a person on their knees like digging a hole and that's apparently alice because again like really really artful use of absolute trash film oh yeah <laughs> absolute trash film quality uh but yeah so that that spurs the family to be like okay well we can like we recognize that area from the footage, we think we can go find where she buried the stuff. But I love that. Like we don't want to go in the day and be digging holes when the tourists around. So we're gonna go at night. Like they're just gonna fucking wander around this lake, this like desert lake, in the middle of the night digging holes. Like that's not weird at all. 
Right, right. Like, like, this is if we suspicious. do it in the daytime, people will think we're crazy. But if we do it at night, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're a okay. So they do eventually dig up uh, what what they discovered is Alice's cell phone. She buried her cell phone uh, in this little area, along with just a bunch of her other like favorite things, like her her necklace, her bracelet, some other like personal belongings. It like they they mentioned that it feels like it was her. Like, basically saying goodbye, like, laying her things to rest, which, like, oof. Yeah, and so they eventually get that. They get the cell phone. They look at the cell phone footage, and we're talking, like, 2004 Nokia candy bar phone. Like, this is this is not, I mean, this is, like, Game Boy Advanced video footage. (laughs) Like, this is not clear footage at all. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, they, they play the footage. It's Alice being weird, you know, digging up the thing. She looks up. This is the only, like, I guess sort of jump scare moment is that a a thing rushes to her. And, uh, you know, we see the face of it really briefly. She drops her phone. There's a really weird moment, though, in terms of the timeline, though, is because this happens and then she just, like, goes off with her friends and acts normal ish mm-hmm. and like so it's a really weird moment of when this thing like attacks her and then she's just kind of like well that was weird anyways i'm gonna go back to my friends yeah. it's like wait what <laughs> well and like the father makes a point to say like the face in that video i recognize that that's the face of the body that i identified like that's my daughter's face so like she's filming on her phone and sees essentially an apparition of her own drowned body uh, and that is presumably the kind of the the final straw. Like she's already been experiencing this this depression and like this like foreboding sense of like she's going to die or something bad is going to happen. Like she even says uh, a couple times that that line of like I feel like something's going to happen to me. I feel like something has already happened and it hasn't caught up to me yet. And I think yeah. that line like, and the way that they play with time a little bit in this, uh, which we'll talk about more, uh, is just really fucking cool. So presumably that's what spooks her and causes her to bury her shit and then like everything else that happens. Uh, but like that's just a really, really, really interesting way to to approach like the basically the cause of her uh, her actions. Yeah, it, it it is really weird because uh, as this happens, like this is towards the end of the movie, and then we start to kind of like put two and two together of all the things that have happened throughout the film. Like, uh, you know, uh, Ray comes back. You know, basically they're like, ah, we forgave Ray. We're gonna invite him back over for you know for a couple of drinks and and a dinner. And uh, he has a a session with uh, June, the mom. Mm-hmm. And you know then she's describing of you know uh, like they're because she's she's explaining about moving out of the house mm-hmm. uh, because they decided to move out of the house because like everything was weird. Don't blame them. Totally rational um, thing to do. So she like describes how she goes into uh, Alice's room, which is now empty, and she's sad, you know, because she's she's leaving, and and you know it feels like Alice is there, but they can't connect with each other, you know. But she says like, but this was the right thing to do. Like this is a fresh start. Like everything went crazy here, you know. We're gonna leave, and then you start kind of putting the pieces together of Alice's interview with Ray, mm-hmm. you know, a year previously or whatever, you know, a couple of years previously with all of the, you know, the moments of Junix describing everything, the instances around Alice's death, and you're like, Alice predicted her death. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's that's the conclusion that we're to we're to come to that. And then she predicted being a ghost in her room while her mom goes into her room to basically say goodbye. Well it's it's almost like they're doing something here where in, in um Again, I'll, I'll use them as, as an example because it's one of the best like horror things I've ever seen. Hill House did something like this, where the timelines, uh, like the the haunting and the like, the past, the like our present, the the, you know, the kids' future, whatever, and like the hauntings, all overlap and mishmash in this weird way, so that like basically you know one character like sees themselves later on or sees like as a kid sees an adult version of themselves as a ghost and doesn't realize what it is and like so th- there's shit like that and so uh, as alice is explaining her dream to ray or like what she's seeing in that moment as, as they're having this discussion she's describing 
the events of her mother being in, you know, in that room saying goodbye. And you know, you mentioned like everything's empty. It feels sad. And my mother's here and she doesn't see me. She's describing that end sequence. Meanwhile, in June's, she's describing like, I feel like, like Alice is here, but I can't see her or like, no, like she, no, she says, I, Alice is not here. Yeah. She's like, it's empty. She keeps saying like, it's just empty. It's empty. But like Alice is, you know, like in the, like past Alice is like speaking to this present moment of like, I see her, I I feel her, but she doesn't know I'm here. And I think that's a really cool thing. And like, it's really fucking tough to play with time like that and get the, the details right. They were, they were right to be judicious about how much they did it. But it yep. really made the story that much more interesting when you put those pieces together and realize, like, okay, so, like, a year before her death, she started having these bad dreams. And, like, a few months, like, you know, seven months or so before her death, she went to speak to Ray and she described what she was feeling, the feeling of, uh, like, dreaming that, like, she drowned and, like, you know, she she woke up and, like, went to her parents' bedside and like still kind of had that, that feeling and like later on we see the the picture of like the ghost standing over the the bed uh and you know feeling of you know, the the emptiness of the house and her mom not being able to see her and then we see later on that that happens but then the the family sees it all in the opposite direction like starting with uh the with her death like which is kind of the the tipping point for the timelines and it's it's really really interesting yeah, I you know the end of this movie uh the end of this movie kind of tricked me back into it because uh, I felt very jerked around throughout the film. You know, yeah. the, the but actually is like really got me because I was like, what? So what is actually fucking happening in this movie? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, because they keep they keep spending time on a plot and then being like, but not actually, yeah. you know, secretly no. And you're like, well, then why the hell did I just spend 30 minutes investing time? You know, uh, so it was really weird uh, with that. But then once the ending happened and I was like, oh, but wait, because, you know, and mm-hmm. I started putting those pieces together, I was like, oh, they really, they really did something here. Yeah. I I think my, my like, take on it, though, is I feel like they could have done it better, but at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, I, like, man, they really, like, set this up. Like, they, they breadcrumbed us through yeah. this whole movie, only to, in the last 10 minutes drop the entire thing and then you'd be like what do what (laughs) they give you everything you need along the way but they give you so many red herrings that like it keeps your attention off of where it needs to be which is why i think that they probably did actually like all of the footage that they showed during the end credits i think probably is actually from the film and the reason you don't notice uh is because they're so artfully distracting you like they zoom in on one aspect of the the film uh but yep. the actual apparition is on the other side and things like that so like they they make such a big deal about the photo that matthew takes of the backyard because he takes like one every day for months whatever and in, uh, it's every three months for like four years yeah. i think he said yeah uh, and like in one of them is the what appears to be alice but we learn that he manipulate the photo and put that in but then in the end credits they show like where that figure is more like just left of the center if you look all the way at the right on this little bench she's seated there looking at the camera like that's fucking creepy and so all this time as they're saying like we feel like she's here but we can't see her she was there and they couldn't see her but they felt her and like she has that vision of like i'm there and they can't see me like oh my god that's so well done yeah i uh yeah i i do like i like that i is this a, this is a supernatural or is this a sci-fi film <laughs> I, would, I guess it's supernatural, but it's but time travel yeah. in a way. I guess more prediction. Well, and that's I mean that that dives into kind of like we could go for a lot longer on this aspect of like <laughs> what like how does energy actually work? How like if we I mean, that's are, a whole podcast in itself. Exactly. If we are spirits, if ghosts are real, which we don't we don't try to de- define definitively here, uh, but if that's true then what actually makes them like like adhere to t- 
time as we know it, since we know that time is a construct that we invented to help organize our lives uh, and that other creatures don't necessarily experience time the same way, what's to say that spirits wouldn't experience time in the same way at all? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, a really great example of um, dealing with time and stuff like that. There's a, a Netflix special on right now called Infinity mm. or the Math of Infinity or something, and it's a whole, basically, a whole bunch of scientists explaining infinity, basically. And they're, you know, one of the things they say is like, all of time is happening at the exact same moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, a half of a second, a half of a half of a half of a half of a second, all those sort of thing. Like you keep dividing a second and you can go on for infinity, but eventually you'll add up to one. All of that is happening at the same time, but you're just experiencing the the point zero 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 fives of it. Uh, and it's a very interesting uh, theory. I loved, I loved it. It's also one of my favorites... Um potential multiverse theories and this is something that uh, like some scientists have found evidence for if not like i don't think it's been definitively proven because i don't think anything with the the universe has been definitively proven at this point but sure uh there was evidence that uh, the big bang that started our universe moving in what we know as forward in time uh also created a mirror universe that's moving the the opposite direction in time. So basically everything that will happen in this universe already has happened there. And, you know, what you consider the present would be the crossing point of those. Uh, And so there's a universe where uh, we, we meet all of our, uh, all of our loved ones in sadness and we say goodbye to them with a smile on our face. Uh, yeah. Think about that. That's that's how I like to think about that. Uh, that uh, you know, similarly, that one of the things they point out is that if if things go on infinitely, eventually things will repeat. Yeah, he's like, so you know, it's it's not so much like a different dimension as much as like the pattern just repeated, but so far out that we would never be able to know. So like, there is a version of the world where you know you're sitting there, like you're sitting there, but you're wearing a red shirt instead of a black shirt mm-hmm. or a yellow shirt, and that. Just because the pattern repeated, but with slight variations, same, infinitely. Same idea yeah. of the the multiverse, like splitting with each choice that you make. But instead of it being like branched off, it's just a cycle that changes ever so slightly every time. Uh, yeah. And then if you add in the aspect of a potential like mirror universe running the opposite way, well, then ghost time makes perfect sense. It totally does, right? Because you know she's she's experiencing it from the end. It's it's this is classic uh, classic the Doctor and River song, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know spoilers <laughs> spoilers. Uh-huh. Um, you know in in Doctor Who, there's a character River Song. When he meets River Song uh, for the very first time in the series, River Song dies, right? So mm-hmm. that's the very first thing he ever sees of her, and she even says like wait, you don't know who I am, do you? And he was like, I've never seen you before in my life. And she's like, well, shit. And then the last time we see uh, River Song, so they're running opposite of each other. So the last time she ever sees him and, and has hung out with him and been with him for, you know, decades of years is the day she dies. But the first time she ever meets him is the last time he ever sees her. So mm-hmm. it's the uh, complete other way around. They're living they're living in the opposite direction of each other. So um great great th- uh, husbands of river song what I to brings me to tears every single time because the rumor is the last night that uh the doctor and river ever spend together is on Derillium. and you know she he basically in, in a matter of speaking they he sort of like tricks her into going there and then she's like well, if this is supposed to be the last night we're we're here together, like how long is a night on Derillium? And he's like, twenty two years. And she's like, oh my, you know. So they spend twenty two years of their life together, and that's the last night they're ever together. Um, and then the next day, she's gonna see him and die. Yeah. You know, she knows this at this point, um, but he knows that the next, you know, when she sees him, it'll be the first time he's ever seen her. Um, so sort of, which is yeah, it's God uh, that whole. The whole River Song arc spans across three doctors uh, so far, and uh, yeah. it's—I mean, because you know it's time, time travel. Yep. You can go any, any direction it wants. It's just some of the best long-running plot uh, of any TV show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Because the first time you see River to the last time you see River 
it's just amazing. Yeah. It is just like, it is such a journey where she just keeps popping up and you're like, God, this is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and there is a moment where she is a ghost uh, talking to him uh, in the past. There is, there is that moment too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the Alice time thing, it, it is one of those ones that once you put it together in the end of the movie, it turns into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a couple of moments in the movie, though, that outside of like the major plot points, but there were little, little things that I'm like, I don't understand why we're doing this. Okay. So here's one. When they leave from identifying the body, the car would only go in reverse. Why? Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so when they go to identify the body, they all go, but uh, mom and brother stay in the car. Dad goes and identifies the body. They get in the car and they go to leave, but he says the only gear it would go in was reverse, so they were, instead of having to walk back to town or call a tow truck or whatever, they drive in reverse all the way back to the town. And I'm like, why? I mean, I guess now, like, looking back, I could, like, make some, that's because Alice was traveling backwards in time, it's, but I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't really shake out that way. Probably a metaphor for the, like, the moving backwards in time sort of thing, or, like, the, the wibbly-wobbliness of the whole story. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't even catch that, which means that it it wasn't really essential to the plot. Yeah, it, but it was just so weird. I didn't understand. Uh, there was a couple other ones where, like, uh, they go to, I forgot the, the dad's name, um, Richard? Russell, no. I think. Russell, yeah, something like that. But they, like, of, go to the dad's work and yeah, start Russell. talking to, like, some of his workmates. But, like, that doesn't add anything into it. It's really weird. And, like, they talk to grandma and grandpa, and they're, like, happy. They're like, ha, our granddaughter died and our daughter's having a really rough time at it. Smile. And I was like, oh, why are you guys so happy? This is weird. There was, I mean, the the grandpa was a little bit like just barely holding back a smile as he says it was the worst day of our lives. Uh-huh. But yeah. there, there's a little bit of interesting context of the relationship between the grandmother and the mother and subsequently the mother and the daughter and how these things can be passed down generationally and how you know none of the, the three women like truly understood each other. And, like, that's a big part of uh, June, the mother's grief, is not feeling like she connected with her daughter and not feeling like she was, like, able to, like, know what was happening. And then she finds the the videotape of her with the neighbors. And then, they like, they see the, the cell phone footage and all these things and, like, learns about her interview with Ray. And she's like, I really didn't know what was going on with my daughter. And I think that that, like, that all together adds uh, an interesting element. But, yeah, the, the grandparents were a little bit weird. Yeah, um, there was a couple of other moments, like the the Ray, like Ray turning out to have talked to Alice was a really weird plot twist. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they when they like announce it, when they like finally reveal it, I was like, but why? Like, why didn't he sit? Like, it felt like they shot all of Ray's scenes, and then they were like, do you know what would be cool? Yeah, <laughs> if Ray had already talked to Alice, and I'm like, I guess, but like. They like all right. I mean, I get it. I mean, it does it does pay off in the end of the movie, but it was still like it's weird we in the this? moment. It has its payoff. It works, but yeah, it is weird in the moment. I think I think that's that's why I said earlier um, why I think they could do better is because as much as I love the idea of red herrings and I love the idea of like oh in the end you have the realization of everything in the moment it didn't feel good mm-hmm. and it feels it feels off-putting almost. And that's why I'm like, well, you know, like when you find out that the, that the brother was faking all the things and they were like, well, then why are we doing this? Like, I don't understand, you know, like it made everything feel, it, it made me like go through the movie and be like, well, then none, none of that was like, that was all pointless then. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how I feel about that because it was all fake anyways. So now we're starting over. Um, but again, it does pay off. It really does. Yeah. But at the same time, it's in the moment. It feels not great. Yeah, agreed. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all there is to it. Uh, yeah, so Lake Mungo, uh, streaming on Tubi TV. 
Um, uh, you know, uh, Australian film uh, came out to what 2008, 2008. was uh, a set into across uh, from 2005 to roughly 2007. The film takes place of this documentary that they're filming. Um, so should you watch this movie, Caleb? Should they watch this movie? Well, listen, we're we're compiling all the more evidence uh, to support my claim for best movie of 2008, and this was not it. Uh, but yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think so. Like, so if you like the like true crime documentary, or in this case, mockumentary style, uh, that like it it is taken seriously. It is tr- you know try tries to prevent present itself as a serious documentary and not like you know, goofy like The Office or something. Uh, right. But yeah, if you like that format and you like a, just a little spook, because there's no like seriously creepy moments in this. There's not no, no like blood and gore. Uh, even the like the one scene of nudity is so like grainy and like low quality that like you, I wouldn't really be embarrassed watching it in front of anyone. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think that there's, there's a really interesting story to tell here. Uh, and you know, letting yourself piece it together and be wrong and then think you, you, you've got it again and then be wrong again along with the family is kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, we've already spoiled the movie, so if you haven't uh, watched the movie, it's going to it's gonna have a little less weight in the end of the movie, but I still feel like you're going to go on that journey of like, oh, it was this. No, it was actually this. And like, you're going to be spending the time looking for all of the Easter eggs, right? Mm-hmm. Of the breadcrumbs of the final story. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the ending is enough of a payoff that it's worth the watch. And they also, uh, like something that I look at in, in something like this, because I want it to be believable. I want the casting to be believable and I, you know, I want them to feel like a family. And for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job because I actually was looking at the actor names, like convinced that like some of these people were related. And as far as I can tell, they're not. Oh, I definitely thought they were father and son for real life. Yeah. Uh, if anything, you know, the mom gets a little more of uh, like the father and son feel a little connected. The mom feels like she's kind of off on her own, but not in a bad way because that's kind of how they paint the mom to begin with. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely, I was like, oh, this is a real family. Like I thought that was their real parents too, yeah. you know, or you feel like it's their real grandparents and stuff too. And you've got a, a believable bunch of extras of like people that they interviewed, like, oh, they were her school friends or her boyfriend or just like the neighbors or whatnot. Uh, and I think that that like, it, it felt like they really just went out through this community and talked to everyone. It, it definitely, yeah, the the friends especially, I was like, this is like, this feels like a real true crime interview mm-hmm. of them interviewing these friends, like asking about, you know, their friend Alice who recently died. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely uh, gave a sense of, re- like, kind of built the world really well uh, around Alice. Surprisingly, though, you really don't see a lot of Alice. Uh, so that's, that's an interesting uh, point. Like, you, you get, like, one video and maybe a couple of photos. Um, but Alice really isn't, I mean, well, cause you can't see her face in all of the, uh, yeah. <laughs> in all the moments that she's actually there in the footage. It's so blurry, pixelated and grainy that you can't actually see her, but yeah, it's interesting how much she, she really isn't in the movie, but it's, you know, th- it's like twin peaks all over again. The whole thing is about, yeah. uh, what's her name and you don't really ever see her though. It's more like you, you feel her absence throughout this totally uh like there's there's a few clips of like home video footage that show like either the relationship she had with her brother matthew or the like you know the relationship she had with her mom and how like, kind of strange that was but for the most part they really do a good job of making you feel like alice is gone oh yeah yep alice uh, and we she's she's here but we just can't feel her mm-hmm. that's alice is sitting in the corner of your room <laughs> alice uh, is so watching is- you right now <laughs> right now, dripping, soaking wet at the end of your bed, uh, staring at you. Um, that was a creepy image, yes. uh, whereas a Blair Witch type movie would have shown it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, so Lake Mungo streaming on uh, Tubi TV. So if you're the type of person that watches movies after we review them, that's where you can go watch it. And, you know, as we said, we think it's worth the watch. I think it's, uh, I think it's definitely one that, you know, it, it, the ending pays off. Uh, enough of the film, I, I think. Uh, I think we've agreed on that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, hey, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. If you have not hit that subscribe button, make sure to do so. Ryan Reynolds would really greatly appreciate it. Uh, 
would. Um, you know, we're building an empire here for for him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there it is. So thanks a lot for listening. You know, as always, make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest Mungo friends. And then also share your sign-up code for Mint Mobile. They'll sign up. They'll yep. get a code. They'll send to 100,000 of their friends. And, uh, you know, Ryan will be happy. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's how we please our shareholders. <laughs> Thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, and we will see you next time.